Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 685. This is, we're still in the sort of post-Superbooth come down, uh, which uh, there was, was 75 odd videos. There's a lot of videos that we've had posted there. In fact, I will post a link in the show notes. I think I've got one that I could post here using my special uh, overlay thingy that we'll post into the chat. So there we go. That's our Super Booth coverage if you're interested. Uh, this is the Music Technology Podcast. We talk all things to do with music tech and music production and all that kind of stuff. And it's actually, um, well, we're getting towards 700, aren't we? Um, but you can find us in audio and in video. Video we post to Facebook Live. You should be streaming on Facebook Live. We also stream on Twitch. We're streaming on YouTube Live, obviously, because you can see that. Uh, we're also... Um, uh, you can find the audio version in all good podcast distributors, iTunes, Alexa, all of those kind of things. So if you want to listen on your commute, that's fine. Show lasts around about an hour and uh, we generally talk about stuff like that. If you want to support us, of course, you can uh, join our Patreon. Our Patreon is a growing throng of supporters that get access to exclusive content. Also ad-free stuff that we post to YouTube that's monetized. You don't want to see the ads. That's where you need to go for that. That's available to all uh, Patreoners. Uh, and if you want to get featured in the uh, end screens of Sonic Talk, because we also post the pre-show there as well, which is the upper tier, uh, you can uh, support us at the higher level. And uh, your name, if you do it now, it will actually real-time update and it will be at the end of the show. So that's a sort of incentive, isn't it, I suppose, in many ways. Uh, I just also want to point out that uh, we were talking briefly before the show about uh, famous Belgian musicians. Uh, if you're watching the pre-show, you'll know what we're talking about. Jacques Brel, of course, very famous and very good as well. That apparently is Belgian as well. But anyway, let's get on to some uh, some guests. We have Mr. Ty Unwin, who is there in his studio. Uh, I see. You. Is that new? Have you got your ceiling thing up again? Was that is that not been up before? And no, you've posted it's always your been there. Has it? It's always okay. been there. Yeah, it's just been hidden away. Does it represent anything? Do you plot frequencies or uh, or anything on that? Because it's very it's graph like. You know, I can give you whatever bull you like, but the answer is no. It just look, it looks nice and makes it sound better. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I, so it's it's like a damper, is it? It's a, a acoustic- yeah. It's it's basically it's, it's proper sonic. It's proper sonic treatment that just um, stops reflections. The the funny part about it was initially I had it as a as a square, but as you walked in, because they're all separate panels, you could never get the lines perfectly right, and it took ages to get them as close as possible. But I've got a friend that knows me incredibly well. And after it was done, and I kept looking at it going, oh, it'll, it'll do, it'll do. And they just walked in, just looked straight down, went right down, looking down the lines and just went, I know you, you won't be able to live with this. <laughs> and it lasted another two days and it all got taken down <laughs> and then put at a, at a diagonal. Um, and so you can't see the lines now. So, ah. it, so it's, yeah, yeah. But it, it, as it turns out, it actually looks better because of the diagonal. So, um, right, I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear so, it. So yeah, but it does. Excellent. It does. It if it changes the sound. It makes it a lot uh, drier in the sense spot. So ah, that's which is what you want. So, uh, of course, Ty is a media composer, a musical arranger, all kinds of stuff. Orchestral arranger. In fact, we bumped into each other not quite recently. At, I'm just going to post this very quickly at the Ivan Novello Awards, which we both went to. Hey. I didn't know he was there, and it was it was a really lovely evening, although somewhat of a super spreader kind of event. My first posh swanky do because Goldfrapp were up for a, an award and they invited me along. I didn't personally get one, but uh, yeah, it was it was really good fun. Really enjoyed. It. Uh, while I remember, I just want to say thank you to David Gilden. Uh, he, he he supported with the super chat last week, and I didn't get the chance to press the button. So there you go. Thank you very much, David. And of course, we also have Mr. Dominic Hawkin, aka Mr. Wiggly, who is, of course, plugin maker, app developer, uh, songwriter, producer, all of those kind of things, and also has his own show on uh, YouTube, which is uh, I think Rich Hill's going to be a guest on there pretty soon, aren't you? Isn't he? This Sunday, actually. Excellent. Yeah, thank you very much for plugging it. It's a, it's a million miles behind uh, this wonderful Enterprise of Sonic State, but uh, kind of just a fun Sunday afternoon, 7pm on YouTube, if you want to search Mr. Wiggly. And yeah, Richard Hilton is coming on. I'm kind of blown away because I, I, I was saying a little earlier, I don't really know much about Rich personally, other than the fact he's worked with loads and loads of people, but I've only really talked to him on Sonic State. So I'm really looking forward to that, finding out about like tea with David Bowie and all these kind of amazing stories that he must have. So I'm sure so yeah, Sunday yeah. 7 p.m. 
Excellent. Well, I, we're always a pleasure to have you on, and because uh, you, you, you kind of your chops, your get your, your broadcasts are getting even better. So even having you on a guest gives me a sort of safety net because I know you understand and you'll step in and kind of say, oh, if I'm if I'm scrabbling around under the desk because something's wrong, you, you 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 can fill and pedal for me with great ease. So it's, it is You're very most welcome. welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So uh, now we're going to test the new system because I've got my auto link posting. So. The first thing we're going to look at is, of course, um, I think it's, uh, well, uh, the device orchestra, which, of course, is just yeah, excellent. This is a rendition of Sweet Dreams Are Made Of This by particularly the toaster. Just puts basically wiggly eyes on everything. And uses, to great effect, electric toothbrushes and a steam iron. Which I have to say, the steam iron doesn't come in until much later on. I think it's the middle eight. I might have to fast forward it just so you can see it because it's such a brilliant... Because I don't want to... Oh, wow, there's been mouse gone. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I mean, we have a case. This is the sort of musical equivalent of people making um, sort of, you know, Notre Dame out of matchsticks. It's that sort of vibe, isn't it? It's, there's, there's something very specific. And I think it's very peculiar to people who work in music or are constantly tweaking their workflows and getting it just so, which I suppose we can all identify with. Um, uh, he's basically, or I believe it's a he, uh, is a Finnish uh, YouTuber and he's got his own Spotify and a Patreon you can support. And they do one video a month of these kind of great ideas. And I just, I'm going to come to, I know that this, you know, it, it, I'm not sure whether we've done one of these sort of topics with you before, Ty, but I, th I, I suspect you've got a, 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 a sort of sneaking admiration for the, uh, for the, look, no. The, the reality <laughs> is normally when I see these things, I normally just sit there going, oh, for God's sake, too, too, peep, some people have just got too much time on their hands, obviously got loads of talent and ability, why are they wasting time doing this, blah, 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 that's why I'd normally say. But this one is just so, so spot on and so amazing. And even just the way he uses vibrato, he does the, the you know, kind of the voltage change to, to change the vibrato. Yeah, on is, the card machines. Oh, but it's just, honestly, it's faultless. It's just, normally I would say, you know, obviously very talented. Stop wasting your time doing this kind of stuff. But this one is just so fantastic. I can't I can't say anything bad about it. It's amazing. I mean, honestly, it's really, really good. If you haven't, if you haven't watched it, you have to go and watch the whole thing. It's just brilliant. And more to the point, he's stuck, he's stuck googly eyes on everything. So... I mean, Absolutely. stick googly eyes and anything, and I'm one over. So, well, um, in many in many ways, I find this more um, enjoyable than the chip tune thing because of the chip tune. Oh, thing completely, just sort of, completely. Uh, it's very similar, but it, it, it's this sort of you know, it's a bit more inventive, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and requires. Yeah. And I, also, and and also, do you remember? I've been. I've said this so many times, but do you remember when I I said I used to when I very first started off doing. Uh, writing electronic it wasn't electronic music but i didn't have a synthesizer so i was taking bits of random things and and trying to pitch them and trying to make music using everyday items like little computer games and you know kind of beeps and bops from calculators and all this kind of thing so it it's very close to heart you know kind of for me it's um yeah absolutely absolutely fantastic hats off to him yeah, I just like to say before I get completely flacked about chip tunes, I'm not saying they're bad. I just think these this this sort of thing gives me more pleasure. And uh, you can't beat a good old fashioned chip tune square wave through a drive. That just no, I mean, I, that sounds. Well, if you're not going to say it, if you're not going to say, it, I'll say that chip tunes are crap. That's fine. I okay, no I, I would. That, that's, I, okay, that's my. Well, you could take the flack, except unfortunately, it's going to get posted on my <laughs> YouTube channel and not yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> say what you like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know, Don. There, there's something very uh, charming about this, and and I really like Isn't the it? fact that he uh, he also asked people to name uh, name the the the, 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 the players, and uh, the toaster was of course uh, bread called Breddy Mercury, which I think is genius. Ugh, better than yeah, better than brilliant. Toaster McToastface, uh, which would have happened it, if he put it out to to the UK. Audience, is it right? the same guy that started off doing the the hard drive? Uh, or rather floppy drive versions or is that someone else because originally you remember that the, there's a, a, 
a chap that was uh, had a, a mountain of floppy drives all firing off with the buzzers. I, I think it uh, might be the same guy. I'm not sure. Well, uh, um, let me see. I've, either I way, bring I mean, up, I bring what up a, a page. Let's see. Device will complain. What a fantastic, blah, blah, fantastic blah, 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 blah. thing. I know the first yeah. of its kind could who to forget the floppertron, which is not him. Ah, oh, okay, cool. So, because I mean, that's that's where it started. But yeah, I, everything that Ty said is absolutely wonderful. This guy has half a million followers on YouTube as well. So he's really, it's not, it's it's opened up. Uh, this is a, it's it's way more than just a kind of um, kind of funny thing, isn't it? It it, it shows how clever these uh these arrangements are with synths as well just watching it it's just incredible and i thought when i was watching it that he was sampling them and then replaying them sampled but if he's actually changing the voltage which is changing the pitch of things like the toothbrush because there's one in there where it kind of um glissandos up you know, on the toothbrush which obviously you can't do normally on a toothbrush um so he must be doing some kind of funky stuff in the background. It's just just wonderful, wonderful way of doing it. And anyone, as Ty already said, anyone who sticks floppy uh, googly eyes on anything is, is really cool. There's an amazing Reddit forum uh, subreddit called Googly Eyes, which is just pictures of uh, googly eyes stuck on things that people have uh, you know, stuck around. Like, for example, our, our local kind of pillar box in the village here just happened to have two stuck on them posted up there. It's, it's become a, a thing, life. hasn't it? Because I, I, we, I noticed there's somebody who's just putting googly eyes on kind of signposts and everything all around. Yeah, you know, that adverts part of the world is a really well. good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's a big deal. You 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 can buy them very cheaply in, in big packs on, on uh, Amazon if anyone's interested in, in joining the googly eye cult. But uh, no, I, just full of admiration of this. Brilliant stuff. I, I do think that's probably quite a worthwhile uh, opportunity. I want to, uh, uh, Wagyu, hello Wagyu, uh, how are you doing? I haven't, I haven't heard from you for a while. Uh, a super chat side says, now we have to go watch the four plus our look mum, no computer chip doing SID, a SID composition as punishment. That's pure SID. <laughs> I, I, look, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying my personal preference. That's all. That's all, you know, just saying. No, I'm saying it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Ty, will ha you have to go and watch the four-hour composition, not me. Okay. Will, will I? Yeah, yeah, carry on. <laughs> I, I think it's unlikely. It's fair to say. Um, okay, right. Uh, so our next topic is... Um, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, first pop music. Yeah, this is interesting. Now, a lot... Well, I haven't actually got the... Maybe I should play a bit of it. It's, I'm very conscious of the fact that if I play stuff, I might get taken down. This is uh, Tom Disfelt and Kid Belton, The Fascinating World of Electronic Music. When you play it, you sort of think... I wonder when this was made, and it actually is 1957. Have I actually, is it, is it going to make a noise? Oh yeah, here it comes. I mean, it's hard to believe this is 57. I mean, sonically perhaps, but it's actually quite musically advanced. And these two guys, this is uh, allegedly or reportedly could be considered the first pop release, not the first electronic music release. There's a bit of, they're using the Ond Martino and loads of tape. But this was just the sort of... Oh, I've got to stop that, haven't I? Let me post the... Uh, actually, you know, I've got to do this, haven't I? So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm running out. I should have posted that because then it goes in the chat room. Never mind. I'll be slightly out with that topic. <laughs> but... Um, this is just, they've just re-released this. Um, and one of the, actually, this came about because when I was at the awards, I was sitting next to a chap who's PR for uh, the record label who put this out. And he said, oh, I'll send you a link. And said, would you be interested? And I said, yeah, okay. So, but it's fascinating, isn't it? Because there are so many claims to this. I, in my article, I rather flippantly claim that uh, it's a bit like when you go to Cornwall and every single pasty shop says, home of the original and oldest pasty recipe, you know, and it's just, yeah, I mean, the, the one I ate tasted like it was the oldest, but I'm not sure it was made from the original uh, uh, um, recipe. But uh, this is, I never heard of these two guys, these Dutch guys. Is this something, I, I know you, you went to college and stuff and studied music. Did you, have you heard of them? Was this, yeah, yeah. I, hang on a second. Hang on. Oh. This CD. Yeah. Okay. This has got them on it. And if anyone wants to really listen to very early electronic music, this is it's a it's a double album that has loads of stuff from by them, from very early composers, lots of media composers, you know, you know, kind of um the very first kind of the, the pre pre runner to the uh, radiophonic workshop and it's all that very kind of early late late forties, early fifties, sixties, um uh, electronic music and the, the 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 problem is trying to differentiate what was what was pop music and what was classical music and what was art music and what was basically just noise 
Mm. And so that's that's the problem in laying claim to which was the first. But um, there's loads of stuff out there of this kind of very, very primitive early electronic music that, as you say, was basically just done on, I mean, the old Montanal had a certain place in it, but most of it was just done using banks of oscillators, maybe one filter, and and just lots of tape tape machines. Clavioline as well, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yes, a bit. Although that was later, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, less less so. But just you, you look at, especially with the because I've said before, I studied all the the early arty avant garde electronic music uh, from the from the early and late fifties. I studied all that when I was at um, at uni. Um, and we actually did a one of our uh, modules on our, uh, the electroacoustic course was to actually make a piece of music only using exactly those things. Just you could use an oscillator, uh, oscillators, a filter, and uh, and tape machines. And so we had to, and it's it's unbelievably difficult to actually make anything musically worthwhile just using those. And you, it makes you realise how lucky we are now compared to. You know, everything took forever, forever back in those days. And the piece yeah. of music that I will, will always turn around and say, people have to go listen. There's a piece called Homage to Joyce by Berio, which is um, an early electro, uh, electronic piece of music using voice uh, tape recordings and, um, and uh, tape manipulation. It's the most incredible, amazing piece of music that completely shaped a lot of what I do, but no, I mean, it's great. It's great from a historic point of view, but it's also, you realize that the, you know, it took a lot of talent to make just to get a melody out of these things is, you know, is difficult. Well, Cause I'd imagine, itself. I mean, it, you know, we, we sort of struggle with technology to kind of allow, but the, the, the sort of inverse is true with that. Cause they might have a vision of what they want, but the technology wouldn't allow them to do it. So the technology no. would sort of dictate how it would finally come out. It's like, well, that's kind of how it ended up, but that's not what I had in my mind. <laughs> no, no, there's, there's a reason why so many of the very early pieces all sound, I'm not going to say they sound similar, but tonally there's, there's so much limitation as to what could be done that they yeah. they do all have a sound um but because uh, that was that was all that was doable but yeah i mean you know kind of using tape machines just for for compositional um stuff is is incredibly is incredibly creative but uh but so long-winded and difficult so yeah i loved i love this kind of thing so it's my kind of it's my world really so excellent yeah i know it's interesting isn't it how how it uh, how it shape the tonality that you suggest i mean these guys are actually a bit more kind of out there and a bit more contemporary sounding uh, interesting though dom yeah. i mean it's definitely a kind of i mean it's almost that challenge i mean i don't know when when i was a kid and you may be the same you know you we would kind of do tape to tape because you'd get those get yeah, glasses totally. and the, the the ones that had two cassettes that you could dub one to the other and yeah. add a line input they were quite expensive or harder to come by but they would be the equivalent of the sort of thing that we were doing that they were doing but obviously you know what to a yeah yeah and then the porter studio or whatever but yeah trying to drop in with the pause button instead of cutting tape and that kind of stuff i mean i was really surprised of, of the arrangement and the tune and the rhythm is actually i mean not not to be funny about it but it's not a million miles off of something i've heard coming out of a defam and a mother 32 with that, the kind of DFAM doing the rhythm and the Mother 32 playing yeah. the lead line, if you recorded it on an old cassette player with lots of dropouts and stuff, it's not a million <laughs> miles away. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, wow, this is, and, and the structure and the tune is, is has, it kind of reminds me of popcorn. The da, 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 yeah, da, that was a bit later, but yeah, it's yeah. the same sort of vibe. But, it? It, but it's definitely got a kind of um, style to it that's definitely pop and really quite interesting and, um, and a, and a, and a, groove you know if you can call it a groove out of out of two bits of uh, effectively two lines on there which is really quite astonishing for the time so whether they stumbled upon it um and it's got this kind of uh triplet delay almost like a w delay on the top which makes everything sound good as well which is also used all over the place um so it's pretty groundbreaking i think i mean i, I don't have ties knowledge of what else was going on at the time but all these things together must have sounded totally amazing at the time if that's the first time you come across that kind of delay and those kind of noises mm -hmm. um and they've got a decent beat going on 
out of a white, literally like a DFAM, you know, so you've got some white noisy stuff going on in the background and you're kind of moving the filter around to make all of the, the, the kick and snare and ha- the, the rhythm type of stuff. Uh, I was really shocked. And, and also, what's his name? It's uh, Kid Bolton. Is, is Kid Bo- what a rock and roll name. That is one I mean, of the, that, that, <laughs> I mean, a name that is, I mean, he's b- born to be an electronic music yeah, star, Kid, you know, Kid Bolton or a rapper. And his, and his, and his <laughs> Moog M32 and, and yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd buy it today. No, astonishing. And it's like two and a half minutes long, perfect length. They got it so right, absolutely right. And it's 60 years old. It's uh, incredible. Yeah, no, it is astonishing. Okay, well, I think at this point, we'll probably just have a quick word from our friends over at Modal. Uh, this is the Cobalt 8, which is an eight-voice extended virtual analog synth. Innovative oscillator with about 40 algorithms, I think, now morphable four-pole ladder filter, 29 endless encoders for real-time control, internal sequencer and arpeggiator, MPE support for expression, which works really nicely, modal app for Mac, Windows, iOS, Android, and VST3 AU. Check it out. Go over to bit.ly slash get underscore modal to find out more. Yeah, I think there's. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought that was a nice one, and I'm hoping that they'll they'll be doing a bit more of that because I, I wouldn't mind checking. There was a video, but it was it's very sort of like Mr. Cholman Lee, you know, it's it, with a pipe and and everybody's wearing a suit and looking very formal, which is kind of weird when you consider how music music is pre- it's presented more mm. as a sort of scientific endeavor than a sort of anything else. So I suppose it was the age everybody dressed like that, didn't they, in the, the 1950s, pretty much. Quite. Um, Anyway, so, uh, oh yeah, well, um, while we're on the subject of um, electronic uh, music, here, of course, is, I'm going to play a little bit of this, because this is probably going to get me busted, but this is uh, Vangelis. New album out, uh, which is called From uh, Juno to Jupiter, and it's done via his normal... you know, big improvisation machine and it's so Vangelis in fact this one I'm going to turn it down because I might be able to get away he's, he's working with I know what's the name of the lady it's uh, if I could pronounce Angela Giorgio's a soprano of some note she might start singing in a minute I think it's coming go on Giorgio it's so Vangelis there we are and, and this, you know, we haven't had a, an album from Evangelis for a long time, but I, I tell you what, it's all, I was listening, there's there's a whole bunch of tracks on this and it's sort of inspired by uh, by space and the fact uh, the Juno to Jupiter's nice little play on obviously synthesizers. Um, but even for me, I think there might have been a bit too much reverb on stuff, which was kind of shocking <laughs> that, I, I, that if I say that myself. But yeah, it's good. I'm glad... I'm glad that it's in the world. I'm just I, it doesn't have quite the same cachet. Although in, in if you listen through, there's there's loads of Angelicisms in there. You know, they're kind of slightly uh, s- sounds a bit like a slightly tweaked DX7 voice and a fretless bass patch and nine seconds of reverb and you know some tinkly things. It's, it, it, and and also some really nice kind of filter sweep stuff. I I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, I don't know how uh, how you feel about Van Gelis. I mean, he was really groundbreaking in terms of that whole improv thing because, I mean, you work fast and I don't know how much improvisation you do with your templates. I mean, is it, would you would you say that there's any sort of similarities with the workflow and maybe the stuff that no, well, no, no, because because his system is, is, no, no. I mean, you know, his system is very much, it's completely dedicated to do work in the way that he works and uh he's i mean i'm a humongous humongous vangelis fan um he's basically one of my real heroes i say is was one of my real heroes and what's basically happened is over the years especially the last 10 years um it's just it's all do you know it's all down to that system if i'm honest i mean he's getting old now and uh he works how he wants to work but the that his direct system basically just links to essentially a whole load of um roland modules from the from the 90s so mm. and it just shows it just tells it just everything he the way he plays it now although the system itself is incredibly clever very very clever with the the, the way he can switch patches and 
um, and the way it's all linked together is very clever. And it's made for him to improvise with, with his vast array of pedals. But at the end of the day, there's always a limitation to what you can do with two feet and two two hands. And so what all, what has happened now is that all of his music just sounds essentially just like glorified organ music. And he does occasional overdubs, I think, but that's Matt basically... Matt Tavani. It's just glorified organ music mm. with, with, with mid-90s sa- Roland samples and... The problem also is the fact that the, the, it, thematically there's some beautiful themes and some beautiful moments, but in terms of development, in terms of direction, in terms of all the things that I, I rate in music and all the stuff he used to do that was always, you know, it was, had direction, it had form and it had structure. And it had, these are just little, these are just little ideas. These aren't, they don't even sound like demos. They sound like, um, like pre-demos they sound like the kind of stuff you do as a rough sketch to sketch them out going oh i'll go and do a demo of that one day i know what and, you mean I know what and you it's mean. all and as you say in terms of reverb i mean we all know we love vangelis because of the never-ending reverb but there was certain even on the opening track there's a little kind of this spiky little electronic arpeggio thing and you're thinking oh that's a lovely line and it's going through this like four hours of reverb and it just turns into a mush and the problem i have with it is i'm such a huge vangelis fan and i've now listened to this album about 10 times and i'm trying to love it and i really want to love it because i love him and i but there's just a big and it gets better it's one of those albums it's not one of those that you know it does get better the more you listen to it so the first time i listened to it it was absolutely crap and then now it's just it's okay but i just want to get in the groove I just want him to write a proper piece of music rather than these little, you know, kind of these little sketches, because that's all they are. They're just sketches with some some of the most beautiful moments that last for 30 seconds, and then it's back into, you know. But I want to love it because I think he's an, you know, he's he, he was in his day an absolute genius, and I don't well, use that I suspect, I suspect that there's a certain amount of, you know, can't be asked going on. You know, it's like he, he knows. He no, do you know what? No, do you know what? I d- honestly, I don't know. I don't think that is the case. I, I honestly don't think that is the case. Knowing, knowing what I know about him and also about people who know him and have worked with him. Also, I don't think it is to do with can't oh, be God. asked. I, I actually think he, he, he really, he writes so much music that's never released that he, he just writes and writes and writes and writes all day, every day. He's, he's, he, it's not that he's basically, he's kind of misunderstood because he's essentially wants to be a, a, a serious thought of classical composer with, within his genre, within what he does. And, um, but I don't think he'll ever get the recognition he kind of deserves if he keeps putting out this, these he, needs little... to, he needs to change up his instrumentation and challenge himself oh, come, with some well, different he, voicing, to, maybe. Yeah, that to be, be fair, easy. he has. He's, he's, he's just got a whole new load of stuff that I think one of his whole old producer has now come back on the scene, which is a, is a great thing. And um, he's now done a lot of updating of this system. But oh, I, okay. I kind well, of get the impression that this system is kind of, it's run its course now. But, you know, text, you know, you listen to some of the samples and it's it's embarrassing. It just sounds like a JV 1080, which is great in its day, yeah, but not, no, I not agree. now. Well, not I, now. I would like to give some kudos to uh, Sivtopia. They put a line in there, which is really interesting. It reflects Vangelis' style of working improvising complete pieces but as a result the music is endlessly melodic and lushly orchestrated but largely lacking the development and counterpoint of traditional classical music which is a very very insightful (laughs) statement and i think that actually sums up pretty much Um, i don't know i mean it's funny isn't it it's like you know we can't all be great for our entire lives you know and uh, vangelis is still great but it's just maybe out of step with what some of yeah, us were it here. is, isn't it? I mean, I, it's very hard being on on a show with Ty because if he goes on first, he basically says everything. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> I, I spotted that. No, 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 it's fine. I, uh, I spotted that line as well because I listened to, and I'm, I know Chariots of Fire. I know Vangelis. I've not been an absolute amazing fan like some people are of, say, Jean-Michel Jarre or Vangelis or that synth thing. I, I liked Tomita, you know, when I was growing up. But but my introduction to synth was more due to pop music, I guess, and yeah. Nick Rhodes and stuff like that rather than the, the synth composers. And I'd listened to this album and I did think... <laughs> 
this is kind of weird, really. It sounds to me, I was going to say, it sounded like uh, flipping through the presets on Omnisphere and having five or six instances of it and, <laughs> yeah. and almost having, having, putting yeah. together. Yeah, you that's know, it. Um, yeah. it. It's not a million miles away from some of the music I put together for the Sleep app. It's obviously a bit more uplifting, but that is long ambienty pads played. It's not particularly hard to do. It's just evocative of a relaxing moment. Um, and then I read that he did it all improvised. And I actually didn't know that. I presumed that he'd sat there and he'd, you know, done it all through a door and it had all been mixed and it's all really careful. So, okay, that's, I'll give him that. That's fine. That's but his thing. It doesn't necessarily. It? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that shows how little I knew um, about lots of stuff like this in terms of history of music. I'm really terrible at it. But but I don't think that's an excuse, though. It doesn't make for a, for a, for a, a, a lovely thing. And I. I don't know. I didn't get the the eighties, eighties Roland sounds, but it is quite funny. If Roland were always trying to be the makers of real sounding instruments electronically, he's trying to be the real composer, doing electronic stuff. It's it's it, it left me a bit cold really, and it felt a bit like an autopilot thing. And all the really great the the stars i don't know the princes the bowies the, the madonnas are constantly reinventing them so I, I'd, I'd cite probably damon Albarn. it's probably the closest thing we've got in that list nowadays to a proper star constantly reinventing what he's doing and i don't think you can afford to run on autopilot you have to work even harder to reinvent yourself rather than just changing it up and it was a a little disappointing it'd be nice to have one of those massive uh people massive stars massive kind of um, creators from yesteryear who people look up to like the jars like like the vangelis's to kind of go whoa have you heard that album because there's nowhere near that level yeah um, but i'm sure people will like it you know i don't want to diss yeah. him because he is older he's got a mass yeah you know, he's done an amazing thing for the whole world of synth but it would just just would be nice to do something with something different you know reinvent the whole thing a little bit shake it the up the thing is know, I think he never he never he never has he had a he had a brief period in the 80s where it all got very digital did something quite nice in the early 90s and then that was it it's other than that it's all been this kind of level it's again it's all linked to this this system that he built specially but back in the day i mean the the best album in my opinion is um obviously there's blade runner but before that there was opera sauvage which was a uh, uh, the most amazing album if anyone wants to listen to some vangelis go and listen to opera sauvage and all that basically is lots of cs80s uh, you know uh, i think it was like a, a, a 700s or something and lots of um well I, I, i've got a theory then maybe mm. what actually happened was is he he wanted to do all of that but every time he turned the cs80 on it was it needed servicing so he couldn't actually just kind of get on with it <laughs> so yeah it was, so that's why he turned to it I, I should also point out you can buy uh, this on amazon for which is somewhat bizarrely seems to be priced at 50 dollars for the audio cd I, and i uh, and i'm really not sure why that is i don't what? know if it's a, no, a misprint no but uh, I've, well, I've I didn't. Yeah. I didn't pay that much for it. I I paid fifteen pounds, I think. Okay. All right. So. Well, that's good to know. Uh, all right. Well, I, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a Vangelis thing, but it just feels like there's too many notes and too many layers. If he just stripped it back a bit and relied a bit more on his in, his innate, brilliant musical sensibility, it might might be a little less hard to. F to hear all the good bits uh, anyway uh, that, what do i know i mean you know he's vangelis i'm not so you know there, that there is a big difference there that's a caveat that i just want to put in uh, we'll also i think uh, maybe um well anyway that i just thought i'd say that so uh let's have a look now we've also got uh yes live uh, ableton live is now available uh, as 11.1 public beta uh, which is, uh, you have to sign up for it, but it's got, the, one of the big things is obviously it's uh, native M1 compatibility uh, and it's got a bunch of new workflow tweaks and a couple of new devices and whatnot. So it's a massive thing. I mean, I guess the biggest news is the fact that it is M1 native, which I think this represents quite an interesting kind of shift because as more of our main stalwart kind of creative software packages become that, I, I have a feeling that the Mac is now going to start to become much more front and centre in the creative arts again because there was a whole period of time when it just it was more viable to do it on a PC because you could get more grunt, you could get more stuff for your money. Now I'm, I'm sensing this is going to sort of start shifting back. But by the same token, we're in the in the same way. I mean, Ableton is is great and it's a really brilliant piece of software. And but we're sort of heading to this point where it's like we're we're at peak mobile phone. So you know. 
the latest mobile phone is only a bit different to the last one. There's not there's no kind of great surprises and great new feature leaps or anything like that. But we're at this kind of stage, so maybe now we're going to get into this sort of finessing phase because the power is underlying there. It's easy peasy to do. Discuss. You're a developer. <laughs> Yes. Well, this this is the under the under the bonnet update that isn't that interesting, but has a lot of work going on. Because let's not underestimate how much M1 compatibility work needs to be done for something as complex as Ableton. Um, and the last update from Ableton was a, an above the radar. Look at us. Here's some MPE stuff going on. Here's some craziness, and it's all quite a big old deal. Yeah, that was uh, eleven was pretty the, good. Yeah. Yeah, the the last sort of big logic update, and we wrote another one of those, was was kind of <laughs> ironically, uh, let's add a load of Ableton features that we really like, but it's a very above the radar kind of here we go. So you had the um, <clears throat> the, the new views with the loop views and stuff, that kind of thing. So, so I think there's a lot, and, and obviously Apple get a lead on everything they do for stuff like that with the uh, with the new releases. But um, yeah, there's nothing there's nothing here that would make me run and, and install it unless I had an M1 Mac. Um, and there's also a lot in there that will have the developers of plugins and stuff running around to make sure it works because underneath the bonnet will be some quite fundamental changes, I would imagine. Um, but I think you're right in terms of major changes. I mean, MPE and clever ways of dealing with that, editing that, sculpting that is clearly, and I think Ableton have got it best at the moment. Yeah, they've really, um, they've really clearly room them. for improvement. I'm sure there are better ways of doing it. Um, so that's a big one. And the the lovely AI style uh, processing of audio, you know, remove the bass from this stereo master, as in the bass line from this stereo master, or solo the, the snare drum, or artificially uh, make this snare sound bloom. You know, I'm, I'm kind of wanting, I was chatting about this yesterday, I'm wanting synths and controls that don't say oscillator level, they say grunt or splash or oomph or trouser flappiness or whatever it might be, you know, descript <laughs> descriptive terms for sound. That that's going in the titles. I mean that's going that. for the titles, yeah. Tr uh, tr trouser flappiness. Trouser flap. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I, I want to be able to describe a sound or play a sound and tell the door to say, make it more like this, you know, so that's much more in the kind of artificial intelligence AI kind of realm. But there's not much, it's dangerous to say there's not much the door is do, isn't doing that I need so far, but it's it's only really improvements in in that kind of stuff that I'm that I'm looking at at the moment. There's not much I'm trying to do. And all of the AI stuff at the moment kind of appears in things like Isotope as plugins that, that I want to be able to be do as, doing as well. So we, we, we may be approaching that level. I mean, more tracks faster, utilizing faster processes to make reverb sound even more beautiful and to make oscillators sound even more perfect. I mean, there is, there are limits that processing power brings to how good plugins and synths and uh, effects can sound, um, which we're hit, we're still hitting all the time. You know, if you want to have 50 oscillators in a synth, it's just going to fall over, you're, you're compromising already. So, uh, so that stuff will help with the M1 processor. But no, I think you're right. We're, we're touching on that level where, I mean, if the, the, the first big move when that, the, when, when doors made a difference to me was when, um, you had your, your Atari or your Mac running the MIDI and you had your samplers in your rack running the audio. And as soon as you could bring the samples and the audio into the door, um, then it became a whole new ball game. So I stopped selling samplers and everyone started processing audio like we do every day now within the door and you could start, you know, really fooling around with the audio and messing with it. And since then, it's just been improving that integration and improving the effects that we can do with time stretch and that kind of stuff. And there's definitely still room for improvements there. But other than MP at the moment, perhaps clever ways of influencing the audio with, with other inputs. I mean... I've mentioned it a couple of weeks ago with the new Unreal Engine having an enormous, mm. great kind of door built in. So you can take triggers in from movements or hand controllers or, or the weather, whatever it might be. You know, that kind of stuff interests me. But it's, it's, uh, it's more... It's more external than internal, I think, the ways that things can be uh, can be affected. There's not much I can't do with my door at the moment that I'm, yeah, I'm thinking, oh, if only it did that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I, I mean, I know, um, Ty, I mean, you work in, is it Nuendo quite a lot? And that's yeah. your, I mean, do you think we're just getting to the point where all D, all DAWs will kind of have pretty much the same parity of features because of the underlying processor, it won't be a matter of clever coding. It'll be a matter of just kind of, well, even the basic processor will do all of this stuff. So it's just a matter of getting the features in there. And so we end up with, it sort of doesn't matter what you're working in, maybe. Yeah, no, no, I think, well, I don't think it's really mattered what you're working in for some time, to be fair. I think, but exactly as Dom said, the danger is the moment you start saying, or, you know, kind of, well, we're getting to a stage where we've got everything we kind of want. Honestly, you kind of could look back to when Steinberg did Pro 24, and I'm sure towards the end of that, everyone was going, I can't imagine what else you'd possibly want to have in a mm. sequence. You know, because what happens is you only you only want to need it when you know it happened, it, it exists. So all I'd say is it's almost one of those things where in five years' time we could look back on having this conversation going, oh, my God, we were absolute idiots. We didn't know that so-and-so yeah. so-and-so was round the corner and by that stage in five years time the whatever it is that we didn't know about will be using every single day and becomes a natural part of the door that we work with so all i'd say is the with what we know and are using now i think you're right i think doors are very much it's all about fine tuning now it doesn't matter what you use i mean there are still i still absolutely think there are certain doors that sound better than other um, doors. I still think that Logic sounds crap and uh, Nuendo and Cubase sound better um, in terms of the actual sound and that sort of the processing going on. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, in terms of facilities, they've kind of got everything that we would want to use and how we use. And it's all about fine tuning and fine details until the next big thing paradigm happens, shift. It? I suppose and the exactly. thing is, I, I suppose yeah. the thing is with live though I mean that is definitely much more geared around li live I mean performance it's less yeah. I mean it's still Give great for composition yeah. but it's actually a, a thing that you would probably use if you were performing whereas you yes. might not use Cubase or Nuendo because no, Nuendo is more geared no. towards yeah. the comp composition and media yeah. and time sync and yeah. stuff like that so yeah absolutely so I think that you know but those are two such separate areas that I mean you know essentially you know ableton is basically the one i mean i use i use live occasionally but it's more you know kind of for if i'm writing something which is very loop based then it just makes life easier just to be trying stuff out and it's just so much quicker um but as a compositional tool it is very much more a live a, a live a live tool but if you've got those two areas you know i'm not being a lot funny of people if, use if you've got two that, yeah yeah, if you've just got a, if you've got one that is a normal door, whether it be Cubase or Logic or whatever, and then you can use Live, you're com you're completely you're sorted. You're absolutely sorted. Um, yeah. And yeah, maybe who knows what's around the corner? Like we could we could just be laughing at ourselves, you know, in the not too distant future. Because as Dom said, I mean, AI is going to come along and change. That will make yeah, I think that will make a, a big difference. So, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't know whether I like the idea. I don't know whether I like the idea at all. Mm. But you know, kind of, well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, well, I should point it's, out, of course, that uh, that this was about the uh, if you want the Ableton uh, beta, you need to go and sign up and register. But it's a public beta, so if you're a registered Ableton user, you can get hold of it and get stuck in. So sorry. Go, Dom. I, I was just going to say, it's a bit like a, a, under the bonnet, Ableton um, will time stretch and twist your loop to fit in time. So you don't have to worry about making in time. It will lose audio quality because of that, but you don't care because you're making live beats and, and, and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that, that will improve. Uh, I was going to mention, um, well, two things actually, but a big up Bitwig, which I'm kind of getting my head around now, mm. which, which is uh, bringing some nice touches in in a kind of modular way to uh, and, and a programming kind of way to making music which is kind of kind of neat um so people should definitely have a look at that that's definitely come of age and i was actually going to say about ties because i know ties mentioned the difference in the sound between the doors which i've always found quite fascinating because i'm a logic user um and i've not done any experiments between logic and other things but uh, we do also automatically assume that everything sounds they all, all ones and zeros sound the same but clearly doors process things in different ways and, and i'm sure on a blind test ty could recognize something in logic i think he's done it in the past you know giving something like oh you've done that in logic it's like oh. but he does have some kind of weird um hyper 
kind of um, amazing alien well, I, brain. I, th- I, 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 think this, stuff, so. I think this is probably going. I think this is probably going to change as well because I mean, when you're working in sort of Atmos and, and surround, you've got much more headroom. It's about the headroom. I think the logic underlying engine underneath logic is not uh, hasn't got as much headroom and much um, a much kind of room as uh, mm-hmm. the, the one in, in Cubase. And I, I know that mm-hmm. this was a case a while back, and I, I assume it's been rewritten since then. But maybe it's still got some legacy kind of mm-hmm. maths. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's what it's coming mm-hmm. down to in the uh, yeah. as well. But yeah, okay. Um, I should probably. Uh, th- there was a great chat, uh, a great point in the chat room, which I I, I haven't passed. But uh, it's basically, uh, the Vangelis album would have probably sounded better if it was mixed by uh, Prince Charles Alexander, who uh, is featured in uh, a word from our friends over at Isotope, which I'll play now. Isotope Producers Club is a one of a kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. In fact, if you go to isotope.com forward slash uh, Sonic Talk, you can uh, get a, a, a claim your free month. In fact, there's a Producers Club and there's a, also a Music Production Suite Pro, which gives you different elements of the available Isotope plugin suite. And we do uh, very much thank them for their support of the show. And uh, yes, okay, so. Um, uh, there was something I was going to mention which has completely uh, lo- lo- lost my mind. But uh, now, maybe if I get on to this guy. This is a- a- an article that was written by um, Midia. No, it's not. What's it's up, that one. Boy? Here we go. Hey. This is, uh, the this is cool. Studio. Uh, super excited about our new plugin manipulator, which is finally here. Finally. As you can hear, it's a pitch shift, but on steroids. And uh, it does so many other stuff than pitch. And it kind of is amazing. Well, this was all part of an article that uh, Midiera wrote for us, which was called uh, Robot Vocals. Uh, if I could just find the actual page, then uh, was it Robot Rock? I'm very. Uh, it sort of got a bit lost in the sort of whole build-up to Superbooth, but there's a whole load of great vocal processing and vocoder stuff resources in there. But the one that really stuck out for me was this Effectic Mushroom thing, because just because of the re the 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 um, it's this this thing which is called uh, Manipulator, which is real time. And I don't know, but the Infected Mushroom are uh, obviously clearly very talented because they know their way around it. And it was just, it, it, it's, it seems like an absolute joy to demo. And not only that, it's, it does some really cool things. And I just thought, hmm, works on monophonic sources. You can just do shift formant, you can shift pitch, you can shift FM, you can sequence all this stuff, you can filter, you can play chords into vocode uh, up to four notes. And it just looked like a really cool plugin and I can't believe I hadn't heard of it before. Uh, I'll come to you first, uh, Don, because I, I know you develop plugins. I don't know how long this has been out. I, I, I hope not long because I feel very idiotic for having missed it. We should know about it, and I, I didn't either. Um, they're nuts, aren't they? I mean, the infected mushroom stuff is just is just brilliant, um, fabulous demo, and I love what it does in real time. It's absolutely crazy. That um, article itself is really interesting with that kind of the history of um, vocoders and and the way that whole thing has come together from from Spark military technology. Yeah, wow. That's yeah, right. it's really really kind of neat. But no, I absolutely love this. I mean, um, funnily enough. Uh, isotope have one as well i keep mentioning isotope but they do have some pretty funky ai based things like that uh that's the one i've been aware of that i've been using so vocal synth if i've ever tried to vocal synth yeah so if i've tried to do vocals on something um i quite often if i'm putting together demos together or something i might do it and just to make my voice sound a little bit better then then that's cool and you can do some nice effects on it i'm also quite a fan coming the other way of stuff that the, the kind of robot voices I dare to say chip tunes, but you know the stuff that um, 
the stuff that came out. There was a <laughs> there's a talking calculator that's on uh, a Pet Shop Boys track like, divided by divided by zero zero and stuff like that. Those kind of uh, those that kind of stuff. And there is a uh, hang on, let me look it up before I forget. There is a, a chip speech by Plogue Sounds, isn't it? Ah, Plogue, is it Plogue Bidgel? Is that Plogue Bidgel? And I've used that a lot. So you're almost starting from a robot. I don't know if I can. Um, is it like speak and spell? Do I don't think. Yeah, yeah almost. <laughs> Those kind of words there, right? So I've got it. Kind of, I can't show you. It's just set up here. But but it's they've emulated all of the speech from stuff that worked on computers all the way back through the speak and spells and all that kind of stuff. And that has a a kind of um, historical reminiscence to it, which reminds people from back. Yeah, there you go. I highly recommend that. It's really epic. You can. I like the fact sound of cider talk. That's. Uh, I can find. <laughs> <laughs> you can find cider talk here. Oh, uh, cider could, talk I... eighty four sounds like this. Wow. But I get. I don't know. But you can wow. type into it and do all sorts of stuff. And some of them are actually kind of reasonable because, as the early kind of, because they they had chips built into computers to speak as well in the early days, and they got better and better. Um, and it's just all in one box, all of this stuff from Speak and Spell Up. So I kind of like that, and it, it does it does encourage this kind of. Oh, I know that sound from somewhere. I remember that. Um, but real time kind of tweaking of voices like that, you can't get better from than this infected mushroom thing. It's pretty it impressive. Too. I'm, I'm it? off and to buy that straight up. Yeah, after well, the they run it on... Um uh, they they run it on uh, instruments and sort of monophonic lines as well. It looks really cool. I don't know if you're aware of this. I mean, you have everything generally, Ty, so you've probably been using it for years okay. and it's been out for a long no, time. No, right? no, I, I haven't because I'm not really a I'm not really a, that much of a vocoder or kind of vocals I vocal effect kind of first person. Only because I'll be honest with you, I always think it kind of just dates something so so quickly. It's one of mm. those things like you know when you have. It's the same as, you know, when you have a drum sound, which is so much of today. It's today. And then it just, you, you listen back to it in five years' time and just go, oh, my God, why did I use that drum sound? It just dates it. And it's the same way, you know, at the moment where every single female vocal has a section where they basically have a, a pitch shifted yeah. vocal going down and it's just like i'm it's a it's a great effect for now but it's going to date it so quickly so i try not i just don't really i don't yeah, really get I know, it i, don't I, really I understand do what it. you're saying I do you know what i mean and yeah, so that does make sense. so I've, i mean i've got i've got i've got vocal synth and I've, I've got a few things i've got a few vocoders and um i mean i've still got my xt my my v-synth xt mainly because of the, the the vocoding on it which is nice but would i actually use it not really but i have to say from a processing point of view that plugin that we're talking about now is, uh, you know, it's, I mean, because of the the lack of latency on it, uh, it's, it's incredible. You know, you're thinking, God, the amount of processing that's going on under there, that's, it's really clever. I mean, mm. it is very clever. And if you, if that's the effect you kind of want, then it, I think it sounds awesome. But for me personally, no, I mean, it's not something that kind of is that appealing to me. No, um, fair enough. Fair never enough. has been. I mean, I mean, my vocoding is basically craft work, and that's where it kind of <laughs> that's, where that's where it begins. begins and that's where it Sennheiser. Stops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. We'll that's it. That's interesting. <laughs> no, that, that, I think that's a valid point. Actually, I, one thing that we should mention: we always talk about vocodes because uh, I know uh, Dave Spears, who's uh, has been a very regular guest on the show, uh, his wife has a sort of almost aversion to them. So whenever we put them on, that's maybe why he didn't want to become a guest wow. today, or beyond today, but it's probably because he's busy, frankly. But yeah, vocoding is a very, uh, it's a very Marmite kind of uh, thing, I suppose, isn't it? Did you hear my chip speech earlier, or did it not come yeah, through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably through. had it turned. Out. Oh, good. As yeah. long as it came through, I certainly yeah. realised yeah. I had it turned. Nicely out. rooted. Cool. I think you get you get the award for the rooted best rooted audio of the uh, of the show, uh, <laughs> probably of the year, actually. To be honest, because it was seamless, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> by accident. By accident. Yeah. By accident. <laughs> Excellent. Nice working. Actually, while I was talking about technology, I've got the uh, Hydrosynth Deluxe here, which is just in for review at the moment, which, um, yeah, that'll be coming along soon. I just thought I'd mention that. Mine's no ordered. I want it. Mm. It's interesting. I, I, I kind of thought, yeah, this is great. And then I was thinking, actually, there's a couple of things that would have been nice. You know, why did they... I mean, the shelf is great, obviously, but they could have actually put the pads from the uh, desktop version on there. 
And that would have made it more deluxe oh, rather than plus. That, that, that is I, a good I, idea. And, you know, or maybe added some more controls. I understand why, because obviously, but that, that it could have been used for perhaps a little other stuff. And, but yeah, I, I'm going to have a good look at it. And uh, um, I mean, it's not a hydrosynth review because I've reviewed that already, but uh, there's some good sounds in it, I must admit. Um, uh, okay, well, the, we get onto the part of the show where we, uh, we cover. Um, it's occasional, but I've got it this week because I asked for links. And we've got, um, we asked for uh, any discoveries or anything that people had for uh, stuff they might have used recently or, you know, come across. So I'm going to start with, uh, oops, uh, I'm just trying to find the actual, ah, here we go, uh, with, with Ty. So Ty uh, suggested Bunker Strings Volume 2. Now, if I do that, that'll give you the... The link and it will post it in the show notes so ty this is uh this is a string library i guess it's it looks like it's uh um uh, what's the word i'm looking for contact based and i think there's some nice sounds in there i actually played a little bit of it let's have a look see what this sounds like and it seems quite reasonable uh it's on our offer 89 or uh 49 no that's for wow. both volumes for both volumes oh my goodness that's astonishing yeah, yeah. It does sound really good, actually. Um, and is it something, I mean, I know you're always in search, I mean, all media composers generally are always in search of libraries that can work quickly, let them express the way, you know, to, to get it to tape quick, because, I mean, you all have to work under insane the, deadlines, right? The, the thing is, I mean, you know, I've, I, I've got just about every, if, if a string library exists, I've, I've kind of got it, because you're always searching for that perfect that perfect library with the perfect articulations and the perfect way of working. And there's no such thing. But the thing is about this, there's two things. First of all, I've had Bunker, uh, the, the uh, volume one for some time. And there's just something about the, the textures and the way it's recorded. It's so incredibly usable. And there's this great thing of density. So basically you can crossfade between three players and nine players, and it's completely seamless. So you can have, you know, kind of you can change the density. It isn't just changing the volume or, you know, kind of having higher velocity values. You're actually adding more players. Um, so that's in volume one. And then they've continued that with volume two and a whole different load of textures and articulations. And uh, they're just beautifully done. But one of the main things, the difference is with volume two, the new one, which I think is on special offer at $49 just for that one. But to be fair, you'd be a fool not to buy both of them because they're both great. But on volume two, they've done pizzicato with um, using plectrum, which is something that uh, is like a, a new way of doing things. So it's basically it's almost like playing the strings like a like a guitar. And so it's kind of pizzicato, but with a real, real strong attack. And it's just uh, it's, it's a beautiful sound. So, and it, But no, I, I haven't come across another library that... Um, that has that technique and uh it's just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous so it's it's just something that for that kind of money as i said both libraries what is it is it 89 or yeah. something like that bargain. it's just an absolute absolute bargain if you want anything kind of string related it's just beautiful especially for media point of view it's just uh it's an absolute bargain so i just wanted to flag that one Excellent. Well, nice choice. Nicely found. Uh, of course, uh, Dom uh, also has his own pick as well, which I'm just going to bring up now. Uh, now, if I can find... I think I actually... Did I put a video in here? I can't remember now if I have. Oh, yeah, vi uh, maybe. Let's see if that works. Yes, video sync, which we've covered before. But it's had some major update, including M1 Native <laughs> Show Sync. And you said you've been using this quite a lot, Dom. So uh, that's why I'm intrigued. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, so we did cover it in, in passing a while back. Um, and it is uh, it is M1. I, I got in touch with the guys and said, I've, I've been using this for a while. Is any, I haven't updated it recently. Is there anything new? And they said, yeah, there's a new there's a new version about to drop, but we can't tell you. We're keeping it a secret. It's the thing. But, you know, the new version of Ableton has just come out. It's completely compatible with that. But the basic thing is you can treat, it's a max, uh, max for live thing, uh, that you can treat audio in Ableton, well, video in Ableton as audio. So it comes with uh, a sampler like Simpler into which you can load a clip, for example. Uh, and then one of the tricks I would do in Ableton using Simpler is that you could load, say, a, 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 a 
a beat in there, chop it into 16 pieces, and then trigger uh, one of those 16 pieces on a note. So you can start triggering random pieces of that loop. Now you can do exactly the same with video. So I can load some stuff in there, fire off a kind of random arpeggiator into it, and it will literally fire off random clips, glitch free uh, of the video. You can set, it has about 20 effects that it comes with like for example say a bloom effect that would make the whole video kind of go uh, and you could sync that up with the kick drum like a side chain or something and it's just really really neat you cross fade between them um and it just works and you, but what it does is it opens up a separate video window on top of uh, ableton which you can move off to the side uh ableton if you drag a video clip into ableton it pops up its own little video window but you close that use theirs uh, and then they just appear as plugins and you drop those plugins into the into the channel that you've got your video in and then you can sync them root them trigger them with midi trigger them with notes fire them off like a side chain but um, it's in so time that's the, i mean that's the key thing isn't it I yeah mean, it, just, it really is and I mean, so many proof. people exactly so many people are making videos from pulling clips off youtube and just messing with them and just kind of changing them and tweaking them and producing you know, build your own videos you could just even if you put the whole thing into a track and then started triggering little bits off of things that happened within your track uh to get that timing to, it's just so simple to, to use and um yeah amazing so i don't know what the next version will bring um but they've been quietly kind of getting on with it in the background and it's such a, a useful lovely thing and then when you're done you can kind of hit export and the whole thing will just squirt out this uh, hose they call it and save out to a to a video that you can run alongside it or or whatever so yeah really really neat thing very very good. and true. and it's not expensive i think they no I, it was I think even the demo version is really pops up a nag screen or something you know and it's about 70 yeah yeah 70 that's really for, for video stuff i mean it's obviously not its own editor but i mean it's it, it, it as it's in a plugin but no it, that, but it's that, not that far off because it yeah. uses yeah yeah i mean when we were we would we touched it i think back when you were reviewing some of the more hardcore video editors that are kind of 10 times that price for the for the full version and um yeah this thing is 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 brilliant it's absolutely brilliant because they're really using the heavy lifting of ableton to do you know, just just treat video exactly the same as it was audio so if you've got a poker machine it does it standing on its head really good excellent so that's my tip Nice, nice find, nice find. Uh, I've got a couple of things. Uh, first one was the, uh, let me see if I've got this right. This is uh, low-cost in-ear monitors. Now, this uh, this isn't about audio fidelity, but f if you're on screen a lot or you need to kind of wear headphones that are just not um, basically sticking out, then, you know, I've got some here, actually. I bought these. These are just really just do a search for uh, in-ear monitors dual drivers and you can pick them up for like 20 quid i've got a set here which is what i use and they're really really handy you get the ones which don't have the built-in mic and um you can get dual driver ones for like you know 10 20 quid and they don't i mean they're not i wouldn't choose to mix on them necessarily but they're just really affordable they're only more a little bit more expensive than your average pair of buds but they're well, actually just more discreet and just able to um, after you I, bought a pair, after you bought a pair last year, yeah, I went and bought. So these are the five driver ones that Ooh. I bought on Amazon, okay. and they weren't. I mean, they weren't that much more than the because I yeah you because you had got the dual one which were whatever it was twenty pounds or something, and I think I can't remember. I, these weren't that much more expensive for the five, and I have to say the sound quality. Oh, for there the we price go. Five is, drivers, fifty quid. I mean, that's astonishing. there we go. There we go. And wow. they sound amazing for the money. For 50 quid, they sound fantastic. They really do sound good. So that's what these are. And, yeah, um, and, the, and you can hide them out. Well, yeah. I use them at shows now because I put this in because not only does it kind of, you know, it's just small and not in the way and you're not wearing a kind of big set of, you know, yeah. thing because you wear over ears at a trade show because you're trying to keep the sound out. You put these in, you, you don't have much sound. And also, mm -hmm. um, you know, that if you lose them, it's 20 quid. You know, it's not like yeah. you're 150 or 300 pound uh, noise yeah. redu reducing headphones, which also work great. But if you wear those all day, so, I don't like the way they are. So for a show, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So I would thoroughly recommend those. Uh, and the, the other one was literally, I can't play it because I'll get busted. The, it was just, X, check out XTC's Making Plans for Nigel. Um, just because they're a great band and it's a really, really good uh, um, tune. That was it. No other reason. Totally underrated. Totally underrated band. 
totally. I saw that. You must have put it on your on your stream or something on Facebook. It's such a good I did. video. I, I, really, and it's a happy, happy, good, amazing sounding thing as well. Brilliant. Yeah, mm. 1979, I, I think it was. You know, was astonishing, it? really. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, uh, um, uh, is it Colin Moulding? I've forgotten what his name is. I think it's Colin Moulding. Colin yeah. Moulding is playing a Fender, a Fender Music Master short scale bass, which I have one of those. And I, that just made me feel good about myself, even though I can't play it in any way, shape or form better than him. Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, and, and then I got into this whole sort of just history of XTC because they're one of those bands that have been very influential. I mean, they, they've gone through an awful lot of stuff, but there's an English settlement double album they made in the 80s. And all of their albums were made in under six weeks. So they'd rehearse, rehearse, and go in uh, and make an album. And they made this double album, and, and it's, it's been massively influential in, in music before, uh, since, you know, to a lot of, a lot of mm -hmm. musicians. They're a real sort of musician's band, but really good songwriters. And, you know, anyway, that was just, I thought I'd throw that in there. There's no other reason than I just wanted to uh, say, oh, look what I found. In fact, if you're interested, uh, on our Discord, I've just added a new chat uh, thing, which isn't just for... Uh, um, for our Patreoners, and it was cool stuff that you can, or cool finds. So if you find a nifty video or a bit of musical, just stick it in there, and it's uh, it may end up on the show. Who knows? But it's just you can share it with the community, and it's uh, it's all uh, it's all good stuff. Anyway, I think we've actually made it to the end. I don't think I've got any more topics left. This is the first, uh, not first, but it's 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 good. It's a good feeling, and mostly the technologies work. Well, I'll find out in a minute whether the uh, text file I've been writing, which has all the YouTube chapters, actually worked. Although obviously. I missed a few, so they'll be out. But the idea is, you see, because I start recording way early, and then I've just got to figure out when the show actually starts, and then in a spreadsheet, you just go time offset, and it'll just go, okay, take that off all the chapters, and it'll give me the list, and I can paste it into the show notes. That's my that's my contribution to uh, IT uh, Sonic Talk IT today. Uh, <laughs> Ty, it's been lovely to have you. I hope we haven't kept you from too much... Um, no. Nope deadline activity um no no all you, good thank you you're busy and you, you've got stuff to get back to no doubt i mean you yes know. yes it's the david attenborough thing so it's, ah. but it's good so do you get yeah. the voiceover do you get the voiceover with that not yet i think oh. that's due is due but it's not there yet it will be it will be here that's but interesting because he moment. he the way he records or the way they get his sound it's almost ASMR, isn't it? It's kind of yeah, yeah. it's very yeah. close, and he speaks quietly because he's an old chap. So that, once yeah. that arrives, does that mean you then have to reorchestrate everything because you think, oh, I can't, you can't hear any of my stuff because his voice? Yeah, is... probably, but sub that I won't be. But yeah, <laughs> <possibly>. <laughs> Oi, Attenborough, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, my music. My music. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's going in for a title <laughs> possibility. Side chain Oi, the Attenborough. Side chain the Attenborough. That's what you. Oi, mean. Attenborough. No. Oi, I wonder if that'll fit in the Attenborough. No, I don't know if that. Okay. Well, no. Brilliant. And and Dom, lovely to have you too. Um, thank you as thank ever. You so always welcome. And thank you for your picks. I look forward to uh, your show, which is on Sunday night with uh, Rich Hilton. So. Thank you. Yes. Please. Uh, Go and uh, have a look at Mr. Wiggly on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. I'm just going to uh, look at watch Rich Hilton, or uh, pop that. off and just see the show with Ty from two weeks ago, which is probably the funniest, funniest hour of my life so far. It did uh, it was very, very, very <laughs> funny. If you want to see Ty doing an impression of the cast of Rainbow, um, yeah, pop on off and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, great. You sold that one well. Well done. <laughs> What's the numbers for? <laughs> what, else? <laughs> what else can I say? Ah, uh, yeah, uh, here's yeah, the chat. Yeah, so announce it. Yes, so there it all is. So do check it out. And there's, yes, excellent. Excellent stuff. It. Well, you're thank most you. welcome. Thank you very much. And thank you, everybody, in the YouTube chat and in the IRC and in the Discord. Uh, very much appreciated. And I hope it's been a, a fluid experience. And hopefully I'll be able to actually publish the video a little bit quicker than usual, assuming everything works. Uh, so anyway, that's it for this week. I want to say thank you very much to all of our guests. I'll go to our, one of our old school shots and we can say goodbye. And that's it for this week. See you all next time. Take care. Bye-bye now.